Happy Wednesday, Internet. It's October 9th, 2019, and this is the pilot episode of Know Your Crypto, where I'm going to talk about things that are striking the news, give you a little bit of market insights, and have interviews done by either Nick, Dave, or myself of other founders, enthusiasts, or influencers in the cryptocurrency market. And it's going to be a little bit of a different spin over the Harrisbex AMA that we were running in the past. Harrisbex will be returning in a new light. And I'm looking forward to delivering all kinds of good and fun and exciting things for you guys, including the new stories that are actually sticking out to me. Maybe it'll give you guys a little bit of uh, yay. Um, and in uh, the interviews that we have, uh, people that are trying to use blockchain, trying to get into crypto, trying to teach people other things about the cryptocurrency market or how to use blockchain or how to develop on blockchain. Um, and those things, I think, are more inspiring stories than the doom and gloom of what the alt market has been giving us since 2018. So I have mentioned time and again on our episodes, on these Wednesday episodes that we've aired, that I'm actually kind of sad that all we do is have to be able to deliver bad news. The goal is, of course, to showcase people of interest and interesting people in the cryptocurrency market. And I hope that you guys will like the new format of the Know Your Crypto show. It'll also be in the form of a podcast. So if you're checking us out now on iTunes, uh, Google Play, or Spotify, I do appreciate the listen. Feel free to subscribe to our podcast when it drops on Friday, for those of you catching the live video show right now. Hopping right in, enough of that stuff. Sorry about the hiccups in the beginning. I just checked my mic. It is absolutely not muted. And I'm looking at the audio levels. They're kicking off on fire. That's all good stuff. In fact, you might even be able to hear Harley still losing his mind over the door. Which, by the way, no one was at. It was a package of Soylent. Thank the Soylent gods, I can finally consume calories again during daylight hours. Reported by Decrypt.co, this news story came across a little bit before this live went. And it is the one news story that really stuck out to me, aside from the other two that I was going to talk about, which was Poloniex finally delisting clams, which is hilarious. Because like, I, when I saw the story, the only thing that was funny about it was the fact that like they finally did it. I don't know what took them so long. And then um, the other one was about Libra. That was uh, U.S. lawmakers basically ramping up to like give a Kirby to Libra while the Bank of England is also laying out its like plan of attack to destroy it, right? Um, not really destroy it, but at least start questioning it and start challenging it or whatever. And honest to God, I think Facebook is just going to give up before anything happens due to the, like, the ridiculous amounts of red tape and hoops and god-awful and who knows what they're going to have to jump through to even make any kind of progress on their potential delivery of this decentralized cryptocurrency that's owned by Mark Zuckerberg. Um, so aside from those news stories, the one that really stuck out to me the most, and, and it's because I like adoption, I like positive movements towards the ideologies of cryptocurrency and blockchain technology. I like all of that stuff. I like it when big industry, regardless of its, you know, if it's institutional layer or uh, enterprise layer or even consumer layer, like we all pay attention to with the Bitcoin and Ethereum world. That's consumer layer, cryptocurrency, blockchain stuff, right? So the layers underneath that are also still exciting because it helps validate the fact that we're not completely insane for enjoying this type of technology. Um, and that is because Swiss National Bank came across in this headline. And Swiss, Swiss National Bank 
one is kind of hard to say, whatever. Swiss National Bank is uh, a friend to the crypto world in a way. We've seen their name pop up before in the past. I don't know, for those of you who were around in 2017 and the early times of 2018, you might remember Swiss National Bank being mentioned in the news. But this is a different spin on it because the Bank of International Settlements, for those of you who are unaware, this is the Bank of Banks. So old hat brick and mortar banks have a bank and that bank is called the Bank for International Settlements and released an announcement that, and I quote, says they're researching or looking into digital bank central money and quote, tokenized assets. They didn't mention retail stuff like Bitcoin and Ethereum and Ripple, obviously. They didn't, I don't even think they mentioned Swift in their announcement. I've got to read the whole thing. But they did allude to the fundamentals of what this stuff is, of what blockchain finance is. And they didn't even mention blockchain. The word blockchain is nowhere in the announcement. But they did say that they were going to dip their toes in the water in a partnership with Swiss, Swiss, I can't say that. Anyways, Swiss National Bank partnership to the BIS looking into digital bank central money. And that's awesome. That's, I mean, honest to God, like that's gonna be great. And I'm absolutely looking forward to um, like how this resonates. Cause it's not just about BIS and the SNB getting into bed together when it comes to digital bank central money, right? Or tokenizing their assets. Um, what it does is it provides validation through like a reputation qualifier style deal. Um, and that will like send ripples. It's like when Libra, I mentioned Libra earlier for a reason. It's like when Libra comes out and then all of a sudden Wells Fargo wants to get into the game or like um, Agoda wants to hop in on the blockchain deal or the People's Bank of China wants to get into it. Um, they can ride off by the way. And you know, the, uh, it, it pushes the needle forward in terms of the urgency for other types of businesses to enter the space. And, and with that, uh, I mean, honest to God, it's the only, it's the only actual practical execution of trickle down economics that exists. When somebody comes into the space, other people will follow. And those other people don't just include large government bodies and institutional stuff. It will spark new interest in the small guys, right? And not like, not like me or you developing a crypto wallet for EOS or anything like that. I'm talking about like decent sized established businesses, not the Google, but like, for example, um, or Amazon for that example, for that reason, but like for like Telegram, you know, with their grams. I mean, if they weren't even getting into cryptocurrency before, the fact that maybe the founders were interested before, maybe they would have been motivated to act on it given the way that people are going about things now. So like it plants seeds for lighting a fire underneath the founder's ass to finally pull the trigger on an idea they might have had in the past when they see other people doing it. So long story short. And it's a really interesting path that happens with businesses and, and so on and so forth and how that helps balloon the market up a little bit to give people interested in on the outside um, a little bit of a motivation or a kick in the pants to also want to take part in it. So you get this nice little uh, rolling down the hill effect with adoption 
when things like this actually come to fruition. Now, granted, the BIS is just looking into it, but the fact that they've gone as far as to name a partnership agreement with Swiss National Bank to execute on this tokenizing of their assets, whatever they end up looking into, even if they end up with a discovery that says, okay, cool, we can employ something, but it's not really worth our squeeze. But by that time, hopefully the damage is already done and other people have acted on their desires to jump into the blockchain space and legitimate people jumping into the blockchain space. Speaking of, Nick Mancini sat down today with Anne Yavid from Cointelligence. Cointelligence has a reputation of looking into people that are reputable in the space and pointing out the people who are not, like flat out. There is a no holds barred approach to actually nailing down individuals who should not be allowed to touch foot in anything related to an IEO or STO or ICO ever again. Like full-blown scam artists who have exit scammed people or who have no idea how to run a business, but they've somehow gotten people interested in their project in the past, right? And then also highlighting people who have done well. Um, and with the effort of helping educate others in terms of who to do business with, how to get into blockchain, what's the right way to do things, what's the wrong way to do stuff, and learning from the failures and the successes in the space, so I'm going to hop over to the interview and um, I hope you like this format. I'm, I'm kind of excited about how this goes because it allows us to have a little bit more structure and flow with these kinds of things. So without further ado, here is the hot seat with Mr. Nick Mancini and Ann Yavin of Cointelligence. Hello everyone, this is the Know Your Crypto Hot Seat, and today we have Own Yavin of Cointelligence. Uh, Own and I uh, met a, a while back in New York and hit it off very well, and he was actually on a previous uh, Hair Specs Live of ours uh, over a month ago, I think, and it was, we had a lot of fun. We wanted to bring him back on. I know they have a lot of updates going on. They're kind of switching gears a little bit, um, and uh, Own is just an interesting person to hear from in terms of what's going on in the crypto markets, they keep their finger on the pulse uh, much more than your, your average uh, research group or uh, web page. So without further ado, um, I'll let Own dig into a little bit about who he is and his background. Hey Nick, thank you very much for uh, inviting me again. Um, so I'm the founder and the CEO of uh, Cointelligence. Um, Cointelligence is a research and analysis company uh, focused on blockchain and crypto. And um, when we started, we um, built a, a rating system for ICOs, then we moved on to STOs, coins. And in the last year, we've been fully focusing on rating exchanges. We developed a comprehensive rating system and we analyze everything from the um, customer service to UI, UX, to uh, the security, cybersecurity, legal team, uh, proof of reserve, um, insurance, everything that we can analyze uh, in order to uh, know how, uh, we, how, how trustworthiness the, the exchanges, uh, how easy it is to use it. And obviously there's no one exchange uh, to fit them all. Um, but we do have uh, uh, the standards uh, to analyze uh, the different exchanges. Uh, everybody knows how uh, uh, the, the huge problems that we have with the exchanges, with crypto exchanges, 
Um, very similar to uh, a lot of the scams that we've seen at the ICO uh, craze. Uh, now, uh, a lot of our focus shifted to exchanges. And um, beside that, we've always been uh, um, very much into um, education. We always published uh, guides on uh, the website on Coin Intelligence. And uh, uh, at the beginning of this year, we decided to uh, really focus our efforts on education. And we decided that instead of uh, just calling out the scammers all the time, instead of doing that, we should focus on educating people uh, how to get involved in the blockchain uh, or crypto uh, industry and uh, to do it in a good way. And when I say to do it in a good way, it means that it's not only to um, learn from uh, objective uh, and partial education system, it's also not to shield specific projects and to uh, promote things that will just make people the lose their money and so on and so on. Um, so that's us in general, and obviously I can keep going. <laughs> I'll just stop now. Yeah, no. No, that was great. Uh, no, I appreciate the explanation. And that was a big reason why I think we click so well. I think the education, getting people involved, uh, helping people understand what's real and what's not is, is definitely a big part. But so you are very educationally focused. You're very kind of uh, from what, what I like to say is enlightenment focused, um, you know, good, kind of the black and white of what is good, what is not good. But what is your background? I mean, what kind of um, you know, led you to, okay, I need to start educating people in crypto and I'm seeing all these scams. You know, I know you told me that your background was a lot in SEO and I think it's much more broad than that, but I would love to dig into kind of what your background is and, and kind of what led you to where you are today. Sure. So, um, I started my uh, business career at a very young age, uh, relatively. It was uh, when I was 20 years ago, uh, when I was 20, 20, uh, 20 years ago. Um, and um, I did a lot of uh, different things um, and um, my main focus for the, uh, for the last 10 years was uh, two things. One was um, uh, investing in startups as an angel investor and uh, that's how I learned a lot about investments, a lot about how to be an advisor, how to be a mentor for startups, uh, how to do due diligence, how to do proper due diligence uh, uh, for startups uh, long before I got uh, introduced to blockchain and crypto. And um, my second focus was um, my digital marketing agency and um, my main focus and passion for marketing was uh, SEO, was search engine optimization, and that's what you uh, remember. Um, but um, I think that the, 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 the combination of Everything that I was doing for the last 20 years, and I've been involved in uh, low-tech uh, businesses and online businesses and high-tech businesses, and the combination of everything uh, led me to a position where I can uh, very uh, easily uh, analyze uh, uh, companies, and, and it can be uh, the business side, the tech side, I'm not a developer myself, but I'm very, very uh, tech savvy and, uh, and, uh, and uh, I, I feel uh, very comfortable with uh, different technologies, especially new uh, technologies. Uh, so I think that the combination uh, allowed me to be where I am today. And uh, when I was introduced to blockchain and crypto two years ago, I just saw what's going on in the industry and I just decided to, to do what's needed. 
And, and back then it was the rating system and we had the ICO craze. So I decided that it's most important to have a real objective and impartial rating system, which by the way, uh, um, seems like I always said last year that there's probably only a couple of, only a few companies out there that are doing impartial and objective ratings. And uh, since we've uh, noticed the, the SEC indictments and, uh, and deals uh, recently, from the last few months, we understand that uh, maybe maybe Cointelligence is the only one that actually did impartial and non-bribed ratings, unfortunately. Um, so um, so that's like a, an overview uh, with regards to what you um, asked me about, and I'll just add that the same thing that happened two years ago when we decided that rating is very uh, much needed. Same thing happened with education. We didn't plan it. We just saw that most, I'll not say all, I'll say most of the education programs out there are either shilling projects, either being built in order to get people carried away and start investing funds through the education program. And that's very, very bad in our opinion. Um, and uh, beside that, we've seen cases where people are just not being professional enough. They're just teaching as experts, but they just teach you complete bullshit. It doesn't have anything to do with reality, unfortunately. So we just decided to start our own uh, impartial education program. Yeah, so I definitely want to dig into what you guys have going on, on the education side, because I know that's a big part of what you have going on right now. but. To focus back on kind of the start of Cointelligence and your background, so it sounds like, you know, in the beginning, regardless of all the other fun business activities you did, you were involved in angel investing and startups at an early stage, which I'm sure you know, due diligence is a big part. You know, even if you're giving 25 or 50K to somebody, you want to know that they're not going to run away with it. You want to know what their thought processes are. So I guess it gave you, would you say it gave you a really good understanding of where to start with I looking at other projects and working with founders and understanding is this guy trying to scam people and is this guy actually trying to help people? Would you yeah, agree with that? Absolutely. It's, it's not only that, it's that. And on top of that, it's also the fact that, um, like you said, I, I, I learned how to do due diligence um, uh, by myself. I got a lot of help from friends and colleagues uh, who helped me along the way, but I actually did uh, everything by myself. And beside that, I also joined as a mentor and advisor. So uh, for in, 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 in uh, for a few companies, so it allowed me to see that the entire ICO slash STO advisors, so-called advisors, is completely rubbish. I saw everything going on two years ago, and I was telling everyone, stop trusting these advisors. And we actually called out some of them because they didn't even know anything about the company that they agreed to advise on and they were just being paid. That, that was so ridiculous. And on top of that, I also, um, beside the investment side, um, I also helped founders, even if it wasn't formal uh, and, and, and even if it wasn't uh, something that I would gain from, I was very passionate about helping founders. And, and, and to get them uh, uh, and, and, and to get their projects uh, uh, going. And I think that that allowed me to really understand how to do the due diligence, but also to do the comprehensive rating and to see a lot of the different sides that you need in order to do due diligence. People don't understand that with crypto or blockchain, 
you need to be able to analyze the business side, the financial side, the tech side, but you have a lot of new things that you didn't have before that, like token economics, for example. So I'm not saying that I'm a token economics expert, but I know how to spot bullshit when I see it very quickly. And unfortunately, we've seen the bullshit happening again and again and again. And by the way, it's not a big surprise that most of the projects out there at the moment are on the losing side and the investor lost their money. And by the way, there's a few really promising projects, but unfortunately, the token doesn't have anything to do with the project itself. People don't understand it. People don't understand that a very promising project can have a very failed token because only a few projects out there really prove their token economics. And on top of that, um, the fact that I'm also a certified lawyer uh, helped me to analyze uh, legal issues with the different projects. So the combination of it all allowed me to do what uh, Cointelligence did and also build the team the way that I thought would be the best uh, in order to do the due diligence. So that was a lot. Uh, no, but that makes total sense. So between, you know, legal investment, understanding the economical side of things, it sounds like you were just it, it very a lot of kind of right place at the right time stuff, but but able to take previous applications uh, and, and knowledge sets and apply them to a brand new nascent space, which needs people like you to be able to kind of parse through, as you call, and we do as well, the bullshit. So um, it, it's, uh, you know, there's one thing of a founder taking a leap of faith and saying, you know, I want to try this new project. I know enough to get started, but to generate a legitimate business, there has to be, um, you know, knowledge there. There has to be prior experience built off of. And if you are just jumping off the, the cliff with no parachutes, um, you know, there is a, there is a huge risk involved there. So what I want to talk about is, you know, do or you love to call out the bullshit. You love, you know, the ratings are a great thing. I very much enjoy them whenever people are like, you know, what do you think of this exchange? What do you think of this project? I generally refer them to Cointelligence because it is very impartial research. So on the topic of your research and your rating system, what goes into that that makes you so different from other companies that are mimicking or you know, may have been you know, early starters but are generally biased or incorrect in their analysis? What does Cointelligence do or factor in that is impartial and makes you uh, different from the rest? So I think that it starts with me. It starts with the fact that I uh, self-funded Cointelligence from the beginning. I was actually offered investments a couple of times uh, and I refused. At the beginning of, um, when, when, when we started Cointelligence, I did think about raising funds and we did start raising funds, but very quickly I decided that it would be the benefit of Cointelligence and the users of Cointelligence that it will grow maybe slower, but it will be completely impartial. And that's a big side of it because I don't have any investors. I don't have any uh, directors of the company beside myself to come and tell me you need to do this, you need to do that, and so on and so on. Now, I've seen how it happened uh, with entrepreneurs being uh, completely screwed up by investors or by uh, directors of the company or so-called advisors or mentors. But beside that, I think that beside the fact that it starts with me, I choose our team members very, very carefully. And if I just feel that there might be a bit of influence from the outside, a bit of, and, and it's all about the character of the person because there are people that you meet 
and you know that no matter what, they will not be able to be, there's no possibility that they will be bribed. And by the way, I'm testing my team members on a regular basis. I'm always uh, testing them to make sure that they will not cross any boundaries and so on. Beside these two uh, reasons, these two factors, <coughs> I think that the third reason is that I developed uh, a management system that allows me to monitor the raters and the researchers. And I mean by that, that I always test whenever, uh, um, I mean, every, every, every few months we upgrade the rating system. And after we upgrade the rating system, what I do is I check if the rating will be almost the same. It's never exactly the same, but when I say almost the same, it means that let's say that the total score is 6.7, then another rater would uh, give it a 6.8 or a 6.5, or sometimes it's even one of the subcategories that has a 0.2 or 0.3, and then the total rating is not really being influenced because we are doing a calculation uh, to avoid these kind of things. So when I see that different raters are doing uh, 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 the same score or almost the same score, it proves to me that it's completely impartial because that's the uh, method that we're using. On top of all of that, the raters are anonymous, so you can never approach a rater and bribe them. The only person that you would be able to bribe is my head of research, which is a well-known uh, figure uh, uh, publicly. And the, um, the, the fact that there's a rater, that there's a supervisor checking the rater, and on top of that, we have the head of research that supervises all of them, and on top of him, we have me and my partners supervising on them, I think that it will be very difficult for anyone to be bribed or to publish a, a, a non-impartial rating. So it sounds like you basically have it set up, and I, you know we're going to use the buzzword here, but in a in a relatively up. Oh, I think the lights just cut off. Yeah, around you. Yeah, it needed some movement. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> could Sorry not sense that. you. Um, but no, so it sounds like you have it set up in a relatively decentralized manner to where it is, it's anonymized that you have multiple auditors all looking at the same thing and reaching a general consensus with it, with your guidance involved, um, and the constraints that you've set up in terms of, you know, um, what goes into the analysis and the different styles, the different, um, let's say, uh, data points within that score are, uh, separated enough to the point where no single point of failure can influence a rating and, and to tip the scales one way or the other. And through multiple people looking at the same thing, you're able to come to a conclusion to say, okay, you, you had a 6.4, you had a 6.8, you had a 6.6, .6, you know, we're on the same level here. We can figure something out and, and reach a, reach a general conclusion. So that's great to know. Um, that's, and that's helpful because I think as the industry touts itself as being uh, transparent and uh, you know community driven, but a lot of times you can't find that information if someone you know uh, brings out research. No one wants to ever get into what makes it tick or, or why it's uh, especially different. So, very much appreciate that. So, um, moving forward, and I guess one of the more exciting points. Sorry for interrupting. Go ahead. I just say that everything that you just said is completely right. Beside the the word decentralized because we're not decentralized. Remember that at any given time, I can uh, ask one of my team members to change something, 
So I can influence it, and I just want that to be clear, uh, so people will not think that it's really decentralized. Good, it, good. Uh, like you described it, and 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 it's very bulletproof. And I'd say it's partially decentralized if there is su such a thing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the clarification. I'm sure our audience will enjoy that as well. So, um, moving on to like one of the one of the bigger topics that's going on with Cointelligence is uh, for those who have not uh, kept up with Cointelligence or anything going on, they have a education academy that they that you guys jump started. And I think you're on what the you're just finished the second session, correct? Yes, we finished the second session. We're going into the third session tomorrow. Great. It's a, a, a weekly program, so whoever wants to uh, join is more than welcome to join uh, now or anytime because you don't have to uh, be signed up for all the sessions. You can just choose the specific sessions that are interesting for you. And I should say that we also, uh, we're also starting the second cycle next month. It's a six weeks program. And beside the fact that it's a live, uh, it's live sessions, uh, you can uh, uh, watch the sessions uh, if you missed it. So it is going to be on the Academy page on Cointelligence website and people will be able to watch it. Um, I'm not promising that I will keep it open uh, forever, but right now it's completely for free and you are able to watch it even if you missed uh, the previous sessions. Great, and uh, I think we're we're going to share some information on that. You know, after the after we air the podcast, I'm um, gonna let everyone know how they can get involved uh, because we definitely want as many people uh, involved in uh, non-biased education as much as possible. But digging into what the you know what your educational program is, do you want to give some background into you know you were very research focused before, and now you want to get into education and enlightenment. Um, can you give just a little background into the, the switch and exactly what the academy is, what it brings to the table, and where you want to take it? Absolutely. So first of all, uh, we have the... No, actually, I'll start with uh, how we look at the academy. So we think that um, the whole concept of an academy, um, as it is today in the world, is a bit less different, if I will say it in uh, an easygoing uh, way. And I think that uh, the time for uh, too many theories and too many discussions on what can be and what might be and so on and so on is very nice. And by the way, I'm a big fan of uh, uh, philosophy and, uh, and uh, I'm a big fan of, uh, of having uh, discussions and debates. But we're talking about blockchain and crypto, which is something very practical. And I think that our biggest advantage is the fact that we come from research. The fact that we've been involved with projects, so both me and my partner advised projects, me before crypto time, after I got into blockchain and crypto, I also helped some blockchain or crypto uh, projects, obviously, the ones that I was connected to did not get a rating um, uh, on point intelligence and I uh, kept it very uh, separate. Um, and my partner also took part in some of uh, the projects uh, last year and the year before. And uh, I think that our practical experience and the practical experience of the other team members uh, allows us to educate in a, in a, in a much less theoretical way. Um, beside that, uh, the program right now is a one-on-one program um, to educate people and to get them involved in blockchain or cryptocurrency and to make them understand from a very uh, bird overview uh, way 
um, to understand what uh, it's all about. Um, and what we are planning to do, and we're already building it right now these days, is the specific, uh, uh, um, uh, specific uh, niche types uh, of the uh, classes. So right now you can learn about the basics of blockchain, the basics of the Bitcoin, Ethereum, the basics of cryptocurrency trading, the basics of uh, mining, legal, uh, um, uh, uh, marketing for blockchain uh, or crypto and so on. And our goal is to have a specific uh, program for each niche. So if you are a lawyer and you want to uh, start uh, uh, being educated about crypto, legal you will be able to do it on point intelligence platform if you are looking to master cryptocurrency trading and become a trader you will be able to uh, educate yourself and be uh, on the specific class the specific program for cryptocurrency trading and so on and so on so it's very important to us to have right now the 101 class but also to dive in very deep to each of the uh, segment and each of the uh, different uh, audiences types um, and our end goal uh, will be to cover basically uh, uh, almost everything that's relevant to blockchain or crypto, which is not an easy task because blockchain and crypto can be relevant for so many different industries. Yes, but that's our end goal and our big vision. Great. So right now, so I assume for the next week or so, the goal is uh, it's just the 101. But what is uh, what, what comes after the 101? Is that set or is that a secret right now? No, it's not set yet. Okay. Uh, we're actually focused on building a couple of programs. As soon as the first one will be ready, uh, we'll uh, announce it and uh, and, uh, and uh, publish about it. Great. Okay. Cool. Well, I appreciate all of the helpful info. Um, we're gonna you know wrap up uh, shortly here, but I want to make sure that anyone who is uh, watching and listening later on. Uh, can find you and uh, uh, Cointelligence. So in terms of getting involved uh, and reaching you, obviously there's uh, the Cointelligence website, um, but is there anything else, socials, Telegram, community-wise? I mean, if people want to get in contact or get in touch with your team, ask questions, what is the best route to go? So obviously Cointelligence.com is uh, the main uh, place, but we are very active on uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, both Cointelligence uh, pages. A, a, a account and my personal accounts and uh, anyone who searches for my name I think I'm the only one in the world to have this full name so it's very easy to find me on any of the three platforms that I mentioned and obviously anyone can approach my partner my head of research anyone from the team we're always uh, happy to help uh, we don't want to get paid for it whoever who wants to get into blockchain or crypto anyone who has a question anyone who has uh, um, uh, any suspicion about a scam uh, or any bad actor out there is more than welcome to approach us. Um, actually, speaking of scams, we just published last week an article about one of the biggest scams that we've seen until today, which is called OneCoin. It's a horrible, horrible scam, and I'm warning everyone to completely stay away uh, from it. Even though it's a very well-known scam, people are still investing their money in it. It on a daily basis as we speak it's completely horrible and um and uh, yeah and uh, we're uh, very happy to uh, to help anyone that uh, is interested in reaching out great well we uh we may be sharing some research on the coin intelligence site uh, in the future as well so hopefully you know loving uh loving the ideas that sync.io and coin intelligence are having for working together and we want to, we have a big educational focus and we want to make sure that we're helping whoever is out there in the space 
keeping the same focus. So um, without further ado, Owen, uh, very much appreciate your time. I know you're, well, I'm in the, I'm in the States, Owen is in the UK. So Owen made some time for us today and we appreciate that. I know he has a family to get back to. So um, thank you very much for your time. Uh, we'll be airing this, you know, a little bit later. Um, and we, we can't wait to have you on in probably another couple months or so uh, for another update uh, and see exactly what you guys are working on then. So thank you very much, Owen. Thank you very much. Great. See you next time. Um, there you have it, Cointelligence, that was Own Yavin talking about basically protecting people's investments and the amount of diligence that goes into that process is incredible. I, I, I really, the, one of the things that I like about Own and his approach at Cointelligence is the fact that he takes it very seriously. And it's true, you, you, people are going to put their money into investments towards certain cryptocurrency projects, you absolutely need to be smart about it. Um, it. Not just be smart about it, but be diligent, heavily diligent. And it takes a lot of work. So to have one person, like if Tim, you were lying around and you wanted to do some investments into crypto long-term, not just trade it, but if you wanted to do some investments into crypto, the amount of diligence that you as an individual would have to do would be ridiculous. So having an application like Cointelligence, it's almost like a consumer reports um, level of research into a project to help facilitate the knowledge that is that puppy time right behind me, look at that. Yeah, they're just hanging out and having a good time. Um, before we go, a final thought about the cryptocurrency markets. BTC price has just plummeted. It's plummeted back to 85.47. Shock and awe after it had a little bit of a gain today. Um, during the interview, price was in and around 8,600. It kind of got above that for a brief moment in time. And if you're looking at the five minute candles, it actually bounced off the 50 MA. Again, this is for 6 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday for those of you who are checking this out on Friday during the podcast. And also, I'm gonna be on the lookout for things over the next 12 days. I'll call it between now and the 21st of October. Um, I'm going to be looking for the BTC dominance to shrink a little bit. And if we have BTC dominance shrinking at a relatively decent pace from 66.6 to uh, 65 to 64, but over like routine periods of time, and if it stays above 61% between now and the 21st, then the bleed of the dominance is actually pretty strong. Then people can start waving their alt season flags. Until then, it is hoopla. Don't get too excited about alts mooning. Um, trading between BTC and alt pairs is still exceptionally risky at this point in time, but I'm gonna do my part on our Twitter account and our sync.tech uh, community, that's io.sync.tech, to publish charts and insights that might be of use to people that are interested in the BTC alt side of things. Um, Sync is actually actively creating projections for us in that space. So if you do have any uh, assets that you'd like us to look at, come on by io.sync.tech anytime and drop a line in Trading General or AMA and we'll have a look, honestly. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to doing more of these shows. I'm looking forward to actually having this down a little bit more to where it's, you know, I don't know, less muted. 
Get it? Until next week, this is Enrique Gutierrez. That was Nick Mancini joined by Owen Yavin. And next week, another special guest at another special time. Be on the lookout for those links to the iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify podcasts of this episode. And if you have anybody, or if you yourself would like to be on the show and be interviewed, hit us up. We're open to it. Like, whatever. Bring it. We'll bring our questions. You bring your answers. Stuff like that. This has been the pilot episode. Know your crypto. That's it. That's it. Peace out. Happy trading.